Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good heavens. I've just lost myself. Okay. All righty. You just lost yourself? What do you mean? This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This, folks, is Done Be Done, the show about the reality docudrama that was centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Cuban fiesta that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the cramped piss-up that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Susan's mojito hangover, folks, is you. Now, this week's Done Be Done was from our Matthew Stone, the man with the golden sacks. Now, uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. can I just tell you that that Done Be Done has been like going down a storm on the on the flick app people have been sharing it and downloading it and putting it as their ringtones and also really <laughs> yeah 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 it is rather good well done matthew stone um also can i can i try a thing lucy just a little thing just before we start the show now i think this was drew from canada via tokyo well drew in tokyo who's actually canadian um there was some chatter on the flick app um, somebody wanted some time ago. This was somebody wanted to find um, uh, an uh, an emoji, a bunting emoji, mm-hmm. and there is no such thing. There's emojis for everything, you know, uh, courgettes and pears and all that kind of stuff, uh, but not for bunting. But like, he's really smart. Is our Drew from Tokyo, by Canada? He said, "Use the Nepalese flag." <laughs> Exactly. That seems slightly inappropriate. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> that we've no, just because... commandeered a country's flag. Well, 
It is like not quite, it's not the right orientation for bunting, but it does look like bunting, but bunting going upwards. Right. So on my, on my Twitter, right, I've put the Nepalese flag. Now I think dumdy dummers that if you're a dumdy dummer, this should be, we should all adopt the Nepalese flag, right? Because it does look like bunting on Twitter. And it's just a little bit of a code. So you know that this person is not only an Archers fan, because you've, you've got it in your profile, hashtag the Archers, all that kind of stuff, but also a dumdy dumber. So let's see if that can catch on and be a little bit of a thing. So Nepalese flag. I'll try and do it. I don't name. even know how to. Well, you, you go on to, it's quite simple, Luce. You go on to edit your name, right? Yeah. And then uh, you hit the keyboard option for emoji and then you scroll along to the flags. Generally, the flags are right at the end. I've Just deleted along. the keyboard for emoji, though. Well, undelete it. Oh, all right. Undelete it, put it back. You're such an elitist. You really are. I'm not. I just, you know, I can, I can no, speak I and know, use Lucy. words, so I don't need to use pictures. Well, because I'm an adult. You, well, then just ignore the e- emoji keyboard. Use it the once. Put the flag of Nepal up, so people know. You know, it's like a little like touchy nose thing. You're a dumdy dumber. Say okay. no more, right? And then you don't have to use it ever again. Okay. Also, can I just say? Just before we start the show, yet again, um, that picture of you is rather lovely. I went, aw. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, yeah, you look really lovely. Generally, I was like, I was, I was slightly flawed. And I thought to myself, I have to say something nice now because you never normally say nice things about me, but I'm not, you know. I do. Oh, oh come on, Lucy. You're a little bit caustic. Have I? Constant, constantly caustic. That's you. However, that picture of you, you look proper lovely. Where were you? Uh, I was, I took, uh, I used to live in Zurich and I took my daughter back there mm-hmm. to celebrate her post GCSE. Uh, well, just to celebrate the fact that she's finished her GCSEs. And um, I was sat on a restaurant in the Niederdorf that I used to go to when I was two years older than she is now. Aww. And uh, so, yes. That was shortly before the fight started, just outside the Chinese restaurant opposite. So, yes, it was a nice, relaxed picture until chairs started going everywhere. <laughs> so that, that, that was you and, and Tilly, was it, fighting? Yes, absolutely. Yes, hair pulling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my uh, my daughters coming over to see me in about a month's time, and I'm so excited. And whatever. They're both going to be flying in, hanging out with Dad for a week. But anyway, folks... Uh, Sorry about all that rambling. Now, this week's Dumb Dumb, as I said, was from R. Matthew Stone, the man with the wonderful uh, golden sacks. Uh, he knows how to blow that thing. Now, Lucy, if somebody else would like to send us in a Dumb Dumb, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to do the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices. And it's Shambridge's birthday this week. Uh, it's a Shambridge and I uh, share a birthday very nearly. So we always dutifully invite each other to each other's birthday things and neither of us can ever go to them because they're both on the same day. <laughs> so we <laughs> are going out on Thursday to celebrate our joint birthdays and I get awesome. to see the new baby, which is very nice. Um Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek, the loan of that bedroom. Uh, Derek is slightly annoyed this week 
um, about the hard time that Boris Johnson is uh, is having in the press at the moment. Uh, because as Derek says, which of us, hand on heart, have not been unfaithful, organised an assault on a journalist, failed to declare £52,000 of earnings, declared that Africa was a country <laughs> and forgotten how many children we have? It's political correctness gone mad, in Derek's view. I, I think Derek's right. You know, poor Boris, he's been treated, been treated awfully by the press. Awfully, awfully. <laughs> on this week's episode, folks, we hear views from Big Al. Oh, I like Big Al. Miles, Nina, Monty, Sandra, Francesca, Claire, Keris and Glenn. But first, before all of that, call her in her a good stuff. It's our loose and a week in Ambridge. This week on The Archers was about the generation gap. Several people failed to mind the generation gap, including Alistair, who is still fretting about Jimus, Tony fretting about Piggy, Lillian fretting about Piggy, Shula fretting about Dan, and Adam and Ian fretting about their as-yet-unborn, my God, this thing surely has a gestation period of an elephant child. <laughs> we'll start with Jimus, still AWOL, still cross. Alistair had to cancel his trip around the railway platforms of East Anglia, or whatever it was, because quite rightly his father decided that he'd rather cut his own head off than accompany him. We have been kept in suspense all ruddy week about whatever is going on with Jim, and I, for one, am fed up with it. Tony and Pat continued in their efforts to be the single most joyless couple in Ambridge. If they won the lottery, Tony would have a really good go at explaining why it wasn't all that good as the massive pretend check was really, really heavy. I don't want to go to this party. <laughs> I've got toothpaste on my shirt. Where is Cuba anyway? It sounds stupid. Well, let's try and have a nice time, said Pat in the tones of one saying, well, let's try and enjoy this colonoscopy. Tony's miffness <laughs> is at Piggy and her decision to give away 80 squillion pounds to anyone who has a crackpot idea to save the planet. She's decided to use on her panel now, though, so that's good. Uh, so far, she's got Fabrice of Felpersham, Elon Musk, Les Herzerers, and Webster the Tarantula. <laughs> Tony's beef, or should I say parsnip, as that is more bridge farm appropriate, uh, with Peggy's scheme once again harks back to Peggy's children, who, although pensioners one and all, still squabble for any maternal approval they can lay their hands on. Tony's alleged fear is that it will tear the family apart, but at the current rate, I estimate that something threatens to tear an Ambridge family apart once a month. Two weeks ago, it was David and Kenton squabbling, which Hootie solved by just bumping up Kenton's pocket money. It isn't that, though. It's basically Tony saying, Mummy, you're giving away a prize to people who are good at making plasticine shapes, and I've been making really good <laughs> plasticine shapes for years, and you've never, ever noticed, so I hate your competition, and it's stupid. The best thing about this whole shenanigans is that Tom, in a moment of filial obedience, has agreed not to enter Britain, Britain's Got Peggy Woolley's money, but has yet to broach the decision with no casher who has already mm. spaffed the money up the wall on a face full of fillers. So she looks like a Siamese cat, and every time she smiles, her legs cross. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to be honest well Tom's idea was rubbish anyway. Let's just put fruit trees everywhere and turn it into a blossom village. Oh, you silly ass! It'll be a blossom village for about two weeks and 20 minutes if there's a strong wind. Meanwhile, over at the stables, Shula was in a proper flap, as Dan is no longer a friend of Dorothy. Personally, mm. I reckon a couple of episodes of Drag Race should put that right. Hello, hello, hello. Good news. <laughs> Jazza has got a job. He is now a fish poo farmer. It's pretty much the same as he had to do with the pigs. Uh, he has to muck them out and feed them 
But obviously, the possibility of them escaping and trying to make it across the road is slightly more serious. Mm. Uh, We found out an interesting thing about Adam and Ian. Ian has a phobia of spiders. Adam has a phobia of clowns. And after that farcical scene last week, Jazza now has a phobia of screaming naked men standing on chairs. Talking of chairs, (laughs) there were none at Cars and Nutjob, a.k.a. the flat above the shop. There Mm. was, however, about 150 people, no oxygen, a bar, a barman whose name I can't remember, hot food, dancing, and two pissed trespassers rummaging through the contents of the hostess's medicine cabinet. How does Natasha do it, said Alish. How does she always look so perfect, and how did she get Tom to take her back so easily? Then all was made clear when they found the 15 tubes of KY jelly. Sausage Boy was happy, though, (laughs) and will continue to be so until the bill comes in. My wife has set a new bar for parties in Ambridge, he said proudly. Oh, please, that's hardly difficult. A woodlouse could comfortably hurdle the bar in Ambridge for good parties. What are the options? Brookfield, 29 people forced to sit elbow to elbow around one table, trying to ignore the person they're not talking to, as there's always one member of the Archer family that's not speaking to another, eating the same meals that Hoot has cooked for decades, while the tension becomes so tangible you could wear it like one of Toby's rugby shirts. Home farm? where once you've dodged Brian's groping fingers, you have to witness Kate puncturing the bouncy castle through her rigorous shagging technique, or Bridge Farm, (laughs) where you get leek soup, plastic cutlery in case Helen takes against you, and a frozen silence. The only one that sounds any fun at all is Grange Farm, where you'd be so bladdered you wouldn't remember anything about it, but sadly Grange Farm parties happen rarely, as everyone is either working three jobs or sitting on their personal lavatory. Philip the Elder has moved in with Krusty. He packed his Werther's originals and his walking frame and off he went, pausing only to order an enormous telly to hang on her wall, which I thought was a bit rude. She may not want to watch Midsummer Murders when he's up again because of his dicky prostate. Was that the barman's name, Dicky Prostate? Anyway, being crusty, she has to make a worrying palaver out of everything and was dithering about whether or not to go for a job she's always wanted, apparently sitting in hedges and shouting at volunteers. But this week's hands down winner of mm. in rather the triumph of hope over experience is Pat. Pat, whose blinkers are so enormous she's never seen half a bridge farm. Pat, whose anxiety is so massive she cannot contemplate anyone not doing what she wants, as it all just seems so obvious to her. Let's force Tom and Natasha to have a post nup, she says. I'm sure they'll see the sense in it. I'll just say to Natasha, look. We've realised you're a bit of a psycho, so we think it'll be best if you don't try and get your grasping nail extensions on what's left of what we laughingly think of as a working farm, despite the fact it mostly exists on some cheese and an app. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it, Natasha? Natasha? Where's she gone? Tony, can you hear a chainsaw? The end. (laughs) Well done, you. So much better than last week, Lucy. It really was. I was like, oh... You know, last week was a bit of a slog, but this one, triumph. <laughs> triumph, <laughs> Arlene. Off. <laughs> uh, so um, why don't we just do one minute of uh, the last week in Ambridge, expand on some of the themes that uh, you mentioned in your monologue, uh, because we've got a shed load of calls, so we can't yeah. dawdle. Uh, so, um, so the party was a bit of a success, wasn't it? Oh, old Pepe. Uh, not his real name, knows how to make a mean mojito. I, I am currently organising a party. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, it's an expensive business. It really mm-hmm. is. And 
because she said to Tom, Natasha, she said, mm. um, are you glad I did it? And he said, yes. And she said, you don't mind about the mess and you don't mind even about the money. And he said, no, which made me think that he knew how much it was costing. But I cannot believe that that's true. But I think because he's so terrified of her leaving again, he's just saying yes to everything no matter how um, extravagant it is. That's exactly Because hiring it, a bartender and mm. all those you know, spirits and things, it's a bloody fortune. It really, really is. Mm. No, that, that's exactly it. Um, she has the whip hand completely now because he's terrified of losing her. Mm. So she can push the whole kind of financial thing um, another three degrees. And... And right here and now, he's just so happy to have her back. So he's letting things slide. But this will come back to haunt them very obviously. You know, they haven't set this up just to be uh, dispensed with um, easily. So, yeah, everything about her is about expense and consumption, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And Tom isn't built that way. You know? No, but, so. and, and she is the antithesis of Kirsty. Mm. Who you know, Kirsty will always look at. You know, is it sustainable? Is it renewable? Do I really need it? Blah 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 blah. Um, and you know, Kirsty just wouldn't comprehend the idea of having an image or a life. You know, Kirsty's got a life, not a lifestyle. And mm. I'm always incredibly suspicious of anyone that bangs on about a lifestyle. Um, do you think that she will? I mean, they're not going to get a prenup, are they? Pro snup? Well. They, they they can't, can they? And and surely Tom is going to go, even though he, he he might know that it makes sense, or at least, no, not that it makes sense, there is some merit to think about it. He can't do it. How, how can you turn around to your wife after yeah. getting married and say, yeah. oh, by the way, my parents <laughs> want to safeguard their business away from you? How, how in what 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 words can you use yeah which yeah. are not going to come yeah. over as incredibly insulting yeah and i've always been um not necessarily on pat's side but when middle england bangs on about how terrible she is i've always gone come on now you're just looking in the mirror you know people are looking in the mirror when they see pat and they're looking in the mirror when when they when they see shula however yeah. Yeah. even i am forced now to be a, a pat detractor and go no 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 your son's made his bed the whole family has to lie in it wherever it takes you is wherever it takes you this this whole journey it's just no tough, but that's not titty. fair either there's no there's no way that pat and tony should be forced to suffer because tom is a lunatic and can't see that um natasha's bonkers lucy you tell me how that conversation can be had without it being a massive insult yeah. to her and to yeah. Tom and to yeah. Tom. Yeah. It's just utterly impossible. However, I want to see her try. So I, I'm all up <laughs> to watch that. I'll get me popcorn. I'll sit down next to me radio and I'll go, all right, then back, give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, folks, uh, we do have a lot of callers this week, so I should do this. Oh. Hello, Ambridge3962. Uh, this caller uh, called us last week, Carlos, and we neglected to put him on. He's an old friend, he's a stalwart of the show. It's our Barrett Green. 
Hello, Barrett Green here with a plot prediction concerning Jim Lloyd. So he has always had difficulty showing feelings. According to his children, they never received any sign of physical connection or fondness or emotion from him. And clearly he is something of a loner wrapped up in academia. Um, and he didn't want to party. But when he got there, he genuinely seemed to be pleased to see his daughter mm. and various other people. Um, but then he spotted somebody that made him say, I can't be here. I have to go. And he's been acting strangely since. So I think that Jim Lloyd was sexually abused when he was a boy or perhaps a student. And that's why he has been unable to display affection. And I think that the person who abused him was at the party. I don't know who, uh, but possibly the wheelchair user who was mentioned, because the other people who were mentioned, he seemed pleased to see. Um, but he didn't make any comment on that person. And perhaps if everybody else had stood whilst he went into the tea rooms, so, you know, stood to welcome him, the wheelchair user would have been seated and Jim might have spotted them later than all the others which would explain why he started off feeling fine and then wasn't happy. So that's my plot prediction. Mm -hmm. Jim was sexually abused as a young person, and this would explain a great deal about his difficulties with personal relationships and affection. That's it for now. Ta-ra, folks. Ah. Wow. There's a lot of theories going around. There's that one. There's also the one that... Uh, Jim was having an affair with the chap's wife, the chap in the wheelchair, mm. that Jim was somehow responsible for the chap ending up in a wheelchair. Mm. That was the one that was on Twitter most recently. So, yes. How long are they going to spend this out for? Have you listened to Not yesterday's long. and today's? Not long. Uh, I haven't listened to today's, but I can tell you, hot off the press, by the end of the week, we're going to know. Um, ah. Because I just interviewed, dear listener, Michael Lumsden, who plays Alistair, just before speaking to Lucy. And he went, Oi, Mush, when is this actually going out? And I went, uh, When I can edit it. But I'm doing Dumdy Dum first. And he says, Because depending on when this goes out, people will actually know it's happening this week. So by Friday, Lucy, we will all know. And uh, Michael is very excited about the fact that not only of this storyline, but the fact that um, old Alistair has now been able to soar and to fly and to breathe because he's not shackled <laughs> to bloody shoulder. He, like, he, he said it. He said <laughs> that marriage was not doing either of them any good. No. And he just felt like, he kind of felt like, what was the point of the character of yeah. Alistair for the last 22 years? And he but said, now, I've had the, the irony is that he's now got a new lease of life and Shula hasn't. Well, she's trying to grab one, isn't she, with all this gold yeah. stuff? But anyway, he he loves working alongside the actors to play Jazza and Jim, and he said it's it's brilliant. And um, do the other thing which he did so. So another reason, it was the reason, folks, why um, if you're not already a Patreon subscriber, you should be because then you get like the the meeting interviews that uh, we do with the actors. Um, he did say. He feels that the character of Alice, Alice has been buffeted by the various changes in editorial regime. Yeah. Previous editors have not been so pro-Alistair, shall we say, and mm -hmm. hadn't known what to do with him. 
but this new one's come in and uh, given him some meat to chew on. Yeah. So he's brought yeah. proper happy. Proper yeah, happy. Yeah, excellent. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's also, he's becoming quite sort of fanciable, Alistair, now as well. Well, and do you like a, do you like um, a moustache loose? Because I saw him on camera and he had this thick, thick, you know, tiggle, tiggle your top lip. Uh, oh, you're no. not a you must mm. No. To be fair it. to Michael, it, it's because he was playing um, a part in a Terence Rattigan play. Yes. Anyway, so, I fancy Alistair, not Michael. So that's all right. Because Alistair hasn't got a moustache. Whoa, 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 whoa. But what? like, Michael normally doesn't sport a moustache. And actually, mm. he's quite a handsome bloke. I know. But I'm you blurring don't the boundaries him. now, aren't I? I'm you are. I'm, I'm like properly mad. confused. Anyway, let, let's, anyway uh, Mr. Barrett Green, lovely to hear from you. Where have you been? The last time we heard from him, wasn't he in South Sudan doing like solar wind-up radios or something or another? There was something to do. No, it was something. It was in the South Sudan and he was setting up a radio station. That's right. Remember. Mm. He's one of those people who sort of uh, semi-retired and is now working much harder. <laughs> Much more than he ever did before, I think, by the mm. way. <laughs> Paul Rupert. Anyway, it's yeah. lovely to hear from him. Thank you, Rupert. And now from um, Barrett Green, we go to Master Miles. Master Miles. Master Miles. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Miles, not Niles here, calling in from a beautiful day in upstate New York. And I should call in to apologize for the rant I went on last week over Peggy's crazy King Lear routine, pitting child against child. (laughs) Not that we haven't already started to see the terrible fallout from it, but I thought I'd signal some happier moves, including the reappearance of Lillian and her gin-soaked laugh at the bar at the bull. It's one of my favorite sounds in the entire show, and it's been away for far too long. Speaking of having a laugh at a bar, I'm also very much looking forward to seeing Witherspoon and Royfield and whomever else turns up this Friday at the Gay Pride Dumpty Dum Meetup in New York. Uh, It's going to be quite an event, I'm sure. Uh, Back in Ambridge, however, we've also had Tom and Nokash's party Uh, I've always wondered how you could fit the entire village into an apartment (laughs) whose only notable quality that we've heard of so far is that it's too small for two grown-ups to live in together. But never mind. It seems like everyone had a good time. Bizarrely, even Tony, who can't have a good time, well, ever, as far as we can tell. (laughs) Uh, His moaning about Peggy's plan, strangely, is the only logical response for anyone to have and it's a little bit disorienting for me to find myself agreeing with tony so much uh, uh. this idea of a post-nup for tom and Nokasha is i suppose a good idea a less good idea is tom's new nickname snake hips i think between <laughs> snake hips and sausage boy tom's nicknames are centering far too much around the um, midsection area. (laughs) But never mind. Uh, I'm sure the party was a great success. I'm sure the party at the Norwood Club in New York will be a great success. And I'll see you all there. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, mate. There's Mm. um, a very good uh, quote in Cold Comfort Farm uh, by Stella Gibbons, which is one of my favorite books in the world ever. And uh, one of the characters says that the secret to a good party is having slightly too many people in slightly too small a room. And um, I think that's exactly why <laughs> when you're sort of cheek by jowl with people, you just have to give in and get drunk because you can't really do anything else. Oh, all right. 
Mm. Uh, so I can see, but I mean, physically, how they all got in, God only knows. I've got visions of people having to sort of sit on the in the sink or whatever. But you know, how small do you think that place actually is? How, how many people do you think actually think could actually comfortably fit in that party? Reasonably fit, not comfortably, reasonably fit. Twenty, but it sounded like they had about sixty. It did, mm. and the fact they had like a bar set up as well. Yeah, oh, I know. You know, bloody madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think about um, Pip and uh, uh, and Alice rifling going through, through the stuff? Yeah, you know what? I quite like Alice. I I really do. Right, like she she kind of lets it all hang out, doesn't she? She's like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to just do it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I did think that was um, a, a great scene, very insightful as to Alice and just like you know her boundarylessness. And then, you know, just uncovering some of uh, Natasha's uh, secrets, so to speak. Yeah. But I, I was wondering what the hell they were going to find. Because <laughs> you I go think, right... I was... yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this, this party thingy and I was read I was because de- there's mm. a list online of everything you need to organise. And I was thinking, right, I'll be organised. I'll read the list of things I need to organise. And it said, put away anything in your medicine cabinets that you wouldn't want other people to see. And I thought, mm. what kind of intrusive rude git goes through someone else's drawers when they're a guest and then that evening there it was and i thought okay i know pip and alice <laughs> well i know of parties where people have been in, in other people's bedrooms and found all manner of adult apparel and toys Blimey. shall we say yes 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 so this thing does go on you know people pass out on on beds and whatever you know all manner of yeah, things but you, don't go, you don't go opening drawers Lucy, the only reason you should be don't. opening a door is to look for a clean glass that's it and you're not going to find that in the medicine cabinet are you mm, or in someone's bedside cabinet because uh, you find other things there you know things just to you know keep keep them going what's in yours uh, actually, spare microphone, funnily enough. <laughs> it really is. That spare, doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Spare microphone. When you, when, you, when you eventually shuffle off this mortal coil, you are going mm. to have the biggest collection of spare microphones of anybody I know because you leave them all Everywhere. around the globe. Exactly. They can be like the, is... world, the world exhibition of microphones. Every country in the world. Microphones, headphones, and then various uh, dongle connectors for leads. That's what I... <laughs> but I tell you, they get me out of many a hole, many a situation. I'm going, ooh, how do I get me uh, my 3.5 pin into this and whatever? And like, So, yeah, that's what I have. And then, of course, uh, emergency pairs of underpants as well. But anyway, uh, less said about my bedside drawer, the better. Now it's time for Emergency pairs of underpants? Yes. Why emergency ones? Because... Why would you need special ones in... Okay, I will explain. Not because I have an incontinence problem is what you were alluding to last week about me not going on Well, you've already told us that you have. Etc. I don't, Lucy. I don't. I know I'm approaching <laughs> the age where bladder control is a little bit more dicey, but, like, I haven't got there yet. Right, you know. Um, dicey. <laughs> I, I travel about loose. I travel about. So I have mm-hmm. some, some pants in Canada. I have some pants at my mum and dad's. I have some pants in America. I, you know, I have some pants in my place. In, well, I actually don't have 
pants in my in, in my flat in London anymore because I have tenants in there. But 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 for years when I was yeah, where be a shock for him. <laughs> well, funnily enough though, funnily enough, there is um it's one of those slightly counterintuitive things. But if you're going to Airbnb out your property, Airbnb out your place, what you what you do do is you remind people that somebody does live there, even if you kind of don't, by leaving yeah. um, stuff around. It's a very wise pants, thing to though. do. Well, yeah, you don't have it in the bedside drawer, but like you have your stuff. You have a few shirts, you have a few jackets, uh, to the corner of one of the wardrobes. And it just subtly reminds people that, oi, don't go too crazy in here because somebody does actually live here. Oh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I was told when I first started to do it as well, have pictures of your kids, you know, have a couple of them around so, so people just know that a real person lives here. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but anyway, less, less said about the pernicious effect on cities of your uh, that Airbnb, shut up, that Airbnb has and whatever, because <laughs> somewhat destructive, really. They need to be reined in. Wonderful service, but it's got out of all control. Anyway, that was Master Miles. God, even now, I still have to pause before I do the second name. <laughs> Master Miles. Uh, now it's Big Al. I like the sound of him, Lucy, and I think you will mm, too. Me too. Hello, Big Al here. First time caller in a 1997 vintage. Josh Archibald, very disappointing. Mm. <laughs> I've been meaning to call him for a week or two, but never quite booked up the courage. But here I am. Something that have been irritating me for a week or two now was Jazza and Jim. Just one simple thing. Jazz is shouting out to Jim as he barged out of one of the doors, bringing some milk. Are you kidding? Isn't he a bloody milkman? Bad script writing. <laughs> yes. And Jazza, isn't he meant to bring the funny? Well, I didn't find anything funny about Webster and the so-called bucket list. So contrived, knew it was coming, wasn't funny. Never mind. Yeah. Yoko Bear's been right, so right for last week when he said nothing's concluding and nothing seems to be everything seems to be dragging on and on and on anyway i'll give a couple of plot <laughs> predictions and see how i do tom and natasha to go for the peggy proposal and get money for themselves cutting out bridge farm and causing a family rift i can see that Yay. happening pat should never <laughs> been asking for that post up big family mm. split up for that ian and adam didn't one of them cut the foot whilst they were in the skinny dipping thing. Oh, maybe yeah. one of those is going to be super, super poorly, and maybe one of them might even die. Yoko mm. <laughs> Bear was right. Too many plots going on, nothing concluding. It's just been very, very hard work just recently, the Archers, and I've been listening for a long time now, over 20 years. Anyway, Mummy says... If you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. So here's my good thing, so nobody thinks I'm just a big angry owl. Love Dum-de-Dum. Wish I'd found it sooner. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Hopefully speak again soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, I love Big Al. He's now my new favourite caller in <laughs> <laughs> so Overnight. Fickle. Just, I oh, am completely. so fickle. Hang on, 1997. So how old is he then? Um. Oh, he's trying to figure out if you're compatible age-wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he did, didn't actually say how old he was when he started listening. No, he, he just said, said when he started listening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But he sounds like he could round about your age, I would have thought. Oh, he sounds younger, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're knocking That's on right. a bit now, aren't you? 
<laughs> but I don't know. With that new picture that you've got on on your Twitter, there, uh, you know, you you could woo a younger man with that. Because I seriously, Lisa, I thought, oh God, you look lovely. So I don't know. Yeah, it's you very suspicious coo- when you're nice. You but anyway, could um, him up, as they say. I could. I could. Mm. I've not got the energy to be honest. I've got to get a wash. Well, on. you leave all the um, energy to, to the younger men, though, don't you? Because they've got oh, it in true. spades. You, yes. you just lie there and think of England, quite literally. Okay, think of Ambridge. Um, hey. When um, he's dead dry about the milk, I'd completely forgotten No, yes. That. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> what an astute observation, Big Al. Well done. <laughs> um, yes. And I was thinking, he's right about, he's right, again, that Yoko Bear was right about the, all the lots of plots starting, none being resolved. Uh, and I know that's what Fiona said as well. Um, this week, nothing happened again. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like that race in uh, in Alice in Wonderland where they're through the Looking Glass where they all just run around in circles um, mm. because there's no there's no start line and there's no finish line so they mm. just everybody runs and no one knows who won you know and now we've st- it's like it's like setting hairs we've now started another one um, with uh, the pre post up you know we haven't finished up. We still don't know what happened to Trevor. We don't know what she did when she was away. Um, we don't know what's happened to uh, Jimus. We don't know. There's just tons we don't know. Yeah, but and where's okay. Toby? Okay. Uh, Pip was just going, oh, he's such a good dad, blah, 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 blah. What is he living on? Is he still selling this gin? Who too? I, I think we're supposed to take it that he's still selling the gym. The gin. Uh, but... I have we have it on good authority that one major plot line will be not concluded, but at least we'll understand what the hell Jim uh the reason why well, Jim Well that's one. What about the other seventeen? Well I, oh, come on, give it time, Luce. Give it time. Right. And I will admit it does feel like we've been in somewhat of a holding pattern the, the last few weeks, but at least <laughs> one shoe will drop this week. So chillax. Yeah. Chillax. Okay. All right. Don't tell Al. me, tell Big Al. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Big Al did sound pretty chilled. Um, where was he? Where is he from? Yorkshire with that accent. It was Yorkshire, wasn't it? Are you kidding me? That's the most Manchester accent I've ever heard. He sounded like Liam oh, Gallagher. God. Ask, where Sorry. was he from? <laughs> oh, God, I'm wrong. <gasps> You've gone native. You've forgotten what English accents are. I have, like. you know. I feel I've forgotten. terrible. Is it, Lucy, is it schedule or schedule? I don't even know. Is it schedule or schedule? It's the I one that know. I say, but now I can't remember which one that there is because I've you gotten go. self-conscious about it and mm-hmm. it's gone funny in my head. All right. Let's have a bit of Keris. Anyway, we heart big out. That's the main thing. Keris. Well, no, you do. I heart big out. I just like you him. Heart you Keris. love him. You love him. You want to be boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keris, it's your time to shine. Over to you. Let's go for it, Wales. Hello, Keris Byrne here. I'm a oh. first time. Oh goodness, doesn't sound very Welsh. And I think I'm a Ben <laughs> Archer. Although I do remember things before that, because if you were at my grand's at seven pm, you couldn't help but listen to the Archers. <laughs> I have a plot prediction, and it's about um, Jim and the man in the wheelchair. I could be completely wrong here, but do we know how Alistair's mother died? 
I'm just wondering whether she was leaving Jim with the man in the wheelchair, who possibly wasn't in a wheelchair at that point, and there was a nasty accident as they were leaving, and she was killed in the accident, and the man was left unable to walk and in a wheelchair. I don't know. Um, hopefully we'll find out sometime soon. Wow. Mm. Hang on, would you go, if someone had, if that had happened, would you go to their party? I, well, I suppose you could have come to terms with it after X It depends how long ago it was. Well, it's however old Alistair. Well, Alistair was about 12 or so, wasn't he, when he died? And do we, we don't know how his mother died, do we? I don't think so. We just know that <laughs> we just know that she clocked it, but we don't know how. Mm. Mm. Well, there's a That's lot a of theories. One. I like that. And just for what it's worth, right? Michael did say, "Listen to the bird song." Utterly glorious. Well done, Lucy. Um, Michael did say that he has been monitoring social media, and he says, "Right." I know that everyone used to hate Alistair and now there's less hate. I do monitor this stuff, Royfield. And he said all the theories that he's seen on social media, none of them are correct so far. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one hasn't been on social media. This is yeah, that's the reason why I very clearly said as on a, as a the socials, on the socials. I did then say, Jim's not your dad. And I looked him into. I looked into the whites of his eyes, Lucy. I looked deep into his soul. He didn't flinch. You know, right. he just went. Hmm. He's an actor. That's it, Luce. You know, he's, he's good. He's good. He's good at bullshitting, right? So mm. uh, and pretending and evading mm. answers. And mm. he did that. And I looked into uh, the man's soul, and uh, my reflection was bounced back at me. And I have no idea as to whether oh. my theory is correct. Mm-hmm. Though he did say again, when is this going out exactly, Royfield? So. Well, I'll tell you what, this this knocks the old bunting storyline into a cocktail, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is much more interesting. Oh, Maybe Alistair's think... mother was strangled. Somebody got a time machine and strangled her with a sodding bunting. Mm-hmm. Right, next. Right, okay, right. It's uh, somebody from somewhere extremely exotic. Her name's Claire. She's from Hawaii. Hello, Lucy and Royfield. Aloha. How are you all? This is Claire from Hawaii. I've just had to pull over in the Walmart car park because I was shouting at the um, at the radio <laughs> so much and your latest <laughs> podcast because I totally agree with Royfield. And Ooh. I'd had this thought a few days ago that Jemus is not Alistair's biological father. And I thought, <gasps> someone agrees with me. I'm not alone. Um, anyway, the, my personal theory is that... Jimus is Fiona's biological father, but Alistair's mom had an affair. I'm not sure who's older. Is it Alistair or Fiona? Anyway, um, Alistair's mom had an affair, and because Jim idolised and loved her so much, he forgave her for it, but he's punishing Alistair for the the sins of the mother, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think that's what it is. And then Alistair will realise that he was just trying to protect him, protect his mother. And, you know, Jim's not a bad old stick. He just has a very kind of like antiquated 
misogynistic way of dealing with stuff. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't like Jim when he first came to the village, but now I think he's a rock star. Now I don't like him at the moment. But anyway, I, that's the theory. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I just had to get it all out. But I also <laughs> wanted to tell Lucy um, mm-hmm. your little beautiful anecdote about the two little boys and the penis <laughs> and the vagina. I told my husband that and he laughed his head off. And it's a very, very rare thing that makes my husband laugh. So, Lucy, I salute you. Thank you for the anecdote. Um, Greetings to everybody everywhere. Hope you are all well. And, yeah, the Peggy thing. Weird, 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 weird. I'm just, yeah, we need to get back on track. Have a word with Mm. Kerry Royfield. All right, I'm done. That's my tuppence. I'm over and out. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, what a call. Yeah. Hmm. I must admit, I did pass off uh, your little anecdote a few times in the last week. Proper guffaws all around a Freeman. So well done. <laughs> Proper guffaws. You know, that was my poor friend Jane that that happened to. And she's mm-hmm. now known as Jane with the expensive vagina. That's how. <laughs> that's how, that's how. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Right, now, so thank you for that, Claire, in Hawaii. And from Hawaii, where should we go to next? Uh, Let's go to Glyn Fuller Love. I can't remember where he is, Derbyshire or something or another. Anyway, somewhere around about there. Here here we go, Glyn. Hi, Dumpty Dum, it's Glyn here. Sorry I haven't been uh, calling in recently. It's been a bit busy, but grabbing the chance now. Um, It's Thursday morning, just heard Wednesday's episode. Phoning in mainly about Peggy and her charitable foundation. Uh, I'm definitely team Tony on this. Mm. Uh, First of all, if you are going to have, if you're going to make a major announcement, get all of your family in. Don't try uh, and exclude one of them, which is what she did with Lillian, which was completely daft. And secondly, where did the inspiration come from for this sustainable farming prize? It came from Henry. Why did it come from Henry? Because Henry's grown up on, on on an organic farm. Who is the owner of that organic farm? Uh, it's Pat and Tony. So why not say, yes, I'm inspired by, to do uh, to help sustainable farming. I will first of all make provision for my son, who is a sustainable farmer. Then, mm. if you want to give a, if you want to encourage the others to take up sustainable farming, yes. Do that, but do that separately. Support your own son first. I know that Tony is a bit of a whiner and a moaner generally, um, but in this instance, I think he's got every right to be a little bit upset. Um, also, listening to the Wednesday episode, the end of the Wednesday episode, there was a comment from Alistair about him moving away. I suspect this will only be to the sort of farthest reaches of the Ambridge universe, which is somewhere like Leicester or Gloucester. But does it mean he's going to leave the program? And is that tied no. in with the interview you're going to have with him shortly? Well, I, I will look forward to to hearing that. And finally, on other podcasts um, and the BBC Alternative, well, I listened to their sort of fan tie into Line of Duty, which was moderate at best. So I Ooh. don't think you've got anything to fear from them at the moment. Uh, bye Woo-hoo. and good luck to all. Oh. Cut off. Off prime. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Glyn. And if he says it's moderate and Glyn is the nicest man in the world, that means it was absolutely shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Um, do you know what I noticed about the whole What's Peggy that? Tony thingy? Well, actually, it was Peggy and Lillian. Mm. There's a generation of parents 
when Lillian sort of did that, mummy, but why did you advise everyone else and not me? And I felt mm. really hard about that, mummy. Um, Peggy said in this very brisk, slightly amused way, you must know that I love you. And there was nothing nice or warm about it at all. It was just, of course, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. You know, we don't need to talk about it. Of course I do. And there's a, I, I think saying the words, saying the words, I love you to a child and saying, talking about unconditional love and making them understand that or talking about the concept of it or whatever is something that has, is so alien to that generation. You know, they talk mm. about family and respect and blood is thicker than water, but they never talk about love in a, in a meaningful way. It's like, it's like a given. Yes, it's an inconvenient truth. You know, yes, well, apparently I love you because you're in my family. And, but, you know, but the most important thing is that, uh, you know, you respect me and blah, 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 blah. It's just so, it's such a massive gulf. And there's been such a seismic leap in terms of uh, emotional intelligence between that generation and Henry's generation. So I could, I'd imagine Helen telling her children that she loves them all the time. But mm. I don't think Lillian or Jennifer or or um, Tony were ever told it, apart from in a sort of a, oh, don't be silly, of course I love you way. And it really, really shows. And, and And it's like this unresolved desperation for, but she's got to show it. And the way that she shows it is through giving them money which is why this is such a massive deal. That's not quite fair, Luce. And uh, not, not that I'm going to violently disagree with what you were saying, but it's somewhat unfair. Number one, Peggy has shown her love for her wider family, as I said last week, by being the only member of a family to, to take in Kate. When Kate mm. was in a yurt, right? yeah. she was the only one. Right. Number one. Number two, you are correct that there is a certain type of person who's a certain type of age who finds it hard to hug, cuddle and to be a little bit more demonstrative when it comes to love. But as well as it being a generational thing, it's slightly a class thing. And it's also a cultural mm. thing, because I would mm. say that my West Indian grandparents on my mother's side who were born again christians mm. um cuddled us little kids told people that they loved them all the time and they would be the same vintage as mm. peggy but they right. were west indian and not i know peggy didn't start off being um middle class and and, and loaded <laughs> I'm going to say she didn't start off being West Indian. That's a blimey, <laughs> is she now? That's a, that's a plot hole I never saw. <laughs> so, yes, you, 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 have, you have some points, but um, it's a little bit more nuanced is what mm. I would say. And mm. I repeat, just to circle back, she's put up Kate, she's put up Christine as well. And she's had Christine's back when Christine spunked all her money away. Mm. So, come on. Let's not be too harsh on our Peggy Piggy. Piggy Peggy. Okay. All right? <laughs> Peppa Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Glyn, lovely to hear from you. And uh, yes. thank you for your call into Map Corner as well, sir, explaining the numbering system of Britain's roads, because that's a type of blockbustingly interesting podcast I run when I'm not 
fiddling around with you are Lucy map corner and uh, people go, you know, call in and explain I would just stuff like, like to point that. out that Royfield has never fiddled about with me thank you very much carry on okay then hello my name is Francesca and I live in Cardiff and I'm trying to work out my vintage that's why I've never filmed before despite listening to the podcast for ages um, I think I might be Pet Shop Boys however I swear I remember <laughs> Nigel dying, which was way before that. I've no idea. Anyway, I've got a plot prediction, and that is Natasha's going to put a bid in for the money and win and break Tony's heart. But oh. also, something that I've been wondering is where the hell is Mr. Lee Karate gone? I mean, mm. I don't exactly want Helen back, but... I think that storyline just sort of fizzled out without going anywhere. And, yeah, she dumped him, but, you know, it doesn't always end like that. I think it was going somewhere and didn't. Anyway, thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! She's right, you know, they haven't talked about going to karate lessons for ages, any of them. Because mm. Emma mm. used to go, didn't she, herself? Yeah, she did. And she took the children. I mean, we haven't heard, Helen hasn't been in it recently because she was in it for loads during all that time. So she's having a break, which is fair enough. But yeah. Last he's, he's we heard, Emma offered to take Henry, didn't she? Um, yeah. Because Helen wasn't going to go. Yeah. Mm. I think it's going it, it, to, I don't think, We've heard the last of Lee, per se. No. What, She's right, what, though. I am really enjoying not hearing Helen. <laughs> well, my, my views on the overuse of Helen Archer are a legion. Mm. You know, she's yes. just been literally done to death. And yeah. uh, we, we need respite. We really do. And the thing is, she's an amazing actor and she's had great storylines, but my God, have they led, in, led with her in the last five years. So, mm. um, yeah, have a break, love. Yeah. Enjoy Corrie. All right. <laughs> Put your feet up. <laughs> All right, so that was Francesca in Wales. And how's about we have a little bit of Monty time? Yay. Hello, you two. Monty here. Um, what to say about this week? Well... Uh, so Adam's got coolrophobia, which is a fear of clowns to uh, you and me. Um, it's a shame he doesn't have fear of stupid plot lines because uh, the whole <laughs> thing uh, with the phobias and the mm. stupid bucket list and the even more stupid thing with the tarantula, um, well, I could have done without really. Um, but the main point I wanted to say this week was uh, for the probably for the first time I've ever listened to the Archers, I actually agreed with Tony. Um, I think uh, Peggy's scheme uh, is uh, completely stupid. It's a vanity project. It's uh, he's right. It's not the way that uh, uh, the real change is made with uh, uh, environmental things and uh, and, uh, and policies. And his uh, attitude to the whole thing for the last, you know, 30, 40 years has been far more on the money than a single yeah. one-off project that is going to drive the family apart. So I don't know what's come over me, but I agree with Tony. <laughs> Never mind. See you next time. Bye. Mm. Bye. 
So yeah. many people have said that, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely have. And we didn't really um, give Glyn the props that he deserved because Glyn was, was spot on the money by saying, yeah. Yeah, yes, why is it that Henry said this? Because Henry grew up, yeah. grown up an unorganic farm. So you yeah. know, saving the planet actually is the big pat on the head. The acknowledgement yeah. that Peggy wants to do this is a big pat on the head that Tony's always wanted from his mother. It absolutely was. And also... So. Somebody else pointed out, um, t- Twitter people pointed out that um, this is a massive tax dodge too. You mm. can't just set up a charitable trust. It has to be regulated and done properly. And you can't just give away that amount of money because if you did, everybody that was trying to dodge inheritance tax would just be doing this. It's but, to, a, you know, but to be fair to Peggy, though, she said my financial advisor has been over and Lillian did see mm-hmm. him leave. So you've got to presume she's going to do it properly because Peggy does things properly. She's of that generation yeah. where, where she would. So let, let's give her that loose. Come on. You've really got it in for Peggy this week. Well, you've always got yeah, it I really have, Peggy. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Monty, thanks for the call. Uh, now I believe it's Sandra. Sandra. Hi Dumpty Dum, um, my name's Sandra and I've been listening to The Archers for many years but this is my first time calling in. So listening to the uh, last week's episodes, I feel like it's really nice to have Lillian back. Um, yeah. Her popping up with her ridiculousness and um, frivolity makes it a welcome break, break from uh, Brexit. And just hearing her cackling laugh <laughs> and listening to her giving far too much change away was a really, really welcome break from the monotony that is Brexit, if I'm honest. And um, Tony, chill out. Why is he so acky and feels he has to express his opinion so widely and so loudly? Really, really disappointing from him, considering how beautifully he crafted um, Tom and Natasha's reunion. Oh, that's my kids. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, has she gone? Uh, Yes, that was it. Interrupted. Uh, Infantus interruptus. Um, Mm. So she agrees, Master Miles, it's lovely to hear Lillian back. It is. I mean, that laugh when she, you know, when she gave a change for a 20, when she'd given her a tenner. Uh, it is nice just to have, and when she said, well, I mean, I know, I know I'm not the most environmental of people. You know? <laughs> Lillian's just like the, the biggest, apart from Natasha, she's like one of the biggest conspicuous consumers, unthinking conspicuous consumers ever. Um, and yet, you know, still hurt that she's not involved in this bloody project. But um, yes, no, it was nice to see Lillian back on here. I agree. It's nice to hear Lillian back on form again. And um, uh, and Sans Justin at the moment, who hasn't been in it for ages, has he? No, he hasn't. He hasn't at all. I'd forgotten all about the geezer, to be honest with you. Mm. Mm. And also she mentioned Amside. She said, oh, I'm looking at, at adding in a new portfolio to Amside, looking at a new property to add into Amside's portfolio. And I thought, are you kidding me? That business is <laughs> folded about two years ago because no one has been doing any work on it. Mm. Anyway, apparently not. No. Uh, for me, the voices of, of the archers are Linda Snell, Lillian, and actually Jolene, and, and David. When I hear those, I go, right, it's proper archers. Yeah. Proper yeah. archers. Yeah. 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 All righty. Thank you for that. Although I have to say, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I just want to go back to something Monty said. I did think actually 
the stupid, stupid, stupid tarantula story mm. is stupid, obviously, but I did like Jazz's desperation that he was trying so hard to get the job interview right, having buggered up the last one. When he said to Adam, what have you got in your sandwiches? <laughs> it's just really cute. And then, you know, he tries to help by turning up with his bloody spider. And then when he loses it, you know, it's just, there, there was a lovely sense of sort of, oh shit, a sort of desperation and panic and, uh, you know, just um, just general sort of nervousness and agitation that we don't often see with Jazza because he's always so sort of breezy and, you know, he's just doesn't really care. Um, but mm. I thought that was, I thought his bit of that scene was lovely. I thought the rest of it was utter pants, but yeah. Mm. Well, I've still yet to work out, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, why Jazza is mm. always so underserved. Mm. And and as I said, I just think that they that the script writers think that the actor can't carry a weighty storyline. And when mm. we think all the foreshadowing we're getting regarding Emma and um, Ed's new place, mm. they're buying mm. bunk beds, they're buying this, they're buying that. Mm. So it tells you that we're in for the long haul and that mm. you know the rug is going to be pulled from underneath them because why the hell are we going into that level of detail? But what we yeah. get from Jazza is... He's supposedly a Lothario. We don't hear yeah. any of his yeah. love interests at all. And then when we do, he buys a pet tarantula. Yeah. It's yeah. like... And, no. and it's odd because there are, without, I don't want to get sort of personal, but that are, in my opinion, uh, which counts for naught, um, there are much less gifted actors on the archers than Jazza who carry bigger storylines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I agree. It's a shame. Shame, shame, shame. Tis, tis, tis. Right. From Sandra, wherever she was with her kids, uh, it's Nina in Newcastle. Oh, just can I just quickly say, right, just before I move on, right. Now, you know we have our rules on this show. Mm. If you're the first mm. time caller in a uh, oh. you go through a whole, uh, well, I was going to say a whole plethora. Yeah, there's a few things that you need to do that it, – Mm. convention dictates that you do right well, i the, thought it's easier to join the masons than it is to ring in first time oh to stop Dumb, it anyway. lucy come on now come on now <laughs> right <laughs> but at the very least you're going to call yourself a caller in or you can't say it's my first time calling in at the very <laughs> least that's come true on. actually you know that is yeah yeah, yeah. come that's, on but that is baseline yeah absolutely yeah. You know, yeah. Sandra, next time you'll be blackballed uh, if you carry on <laughs> with such a, you know, disdain for our club rules. But anyway, uh, now it's Nina. She's up in Newcastle. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Nina from Newcastle calling. First time caller in and I've been listening to The Archers since Pip and I were filling in our UCAS forms, which must mean I'm a Jude. I've got a plot prediction about Ben. In last week's episode, when he let Jill back in after her date with Leonard, he made a point of calling her the special woman in my life, when he offered her a bit of his crisp sandwich. I think we're supposed to take from that that he's sad and single, but maybe he's hitting, hinting at something else. He followed it up by calling Go Gran after her when she went up the stairs. And this got me thinking about the shifting of the sexual mores at Brooker's. We've had mm. all the pearl clutching about Josh's girlfriend staying over. She's no better than she should be. And the adjustment to Leonard joining the family, with David huffing and buffing about it. And there's Pip having a baby out of wedlock. 
everyone's assuming that Ben has a crush on Liberty because he's looking at her. But maybe he's just got a vested interest in the loosening of norms around sexuality at Brookfield. He's all for his gran having a boyfriend because he can see that her liberation is tied up in his own. And maybe he's hoping that everyone will be just as supportive when he brings around his own boyfriend. What do you reckon? Mm. Bye. I am giving that call this. I loved that. Mm. I think she may well be spot on. Mm. I don't know, Luce. I don't know. Well, you don't know, do you? We're all guessing, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Kerry rings in, he's probably got a slightly stronger chance than the rest of us at getting it right, but yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, regardless, I he think she's about, spot well, on about, about the loosening of the whole sex thing. Um, yeah, but just just back on, on to Ben specifically. Ben and Rory, when the kids from Birmingham came down, specifically the girls, there was that mm. scene with that brummy girl and mm. they were, you know, ogling at, at, the, mm. at the girls, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. Anyway. But, you know, I know plenty of, of gay men that will do that or, or mm. gay boys that did anyway. Mm. Mm. Well, well, only time will tell. Only time yep. will tell, Nina. Uh, by the way, Nina, uh, big hi to your mum. Uh, she's one one of my favourite listeners. In uh, is our is our Jane, uh, and Nina is a daughter. All right, so that's that. Uh, oh. I wow, we are we've gone through these pretty fast, Lucy. I tell you what, we've got means... a very quick email. Mm. Can I do the quick email? Go on, you can. It is we still have Francesca Armstrong. to go, by the way. But yes, go on. You do. No, we don't. We've done Francesca. Have we? Yeah, she was the one who said that she was a pet shop boys. Crumbs. All right, yeah, smashing. All right. Um, uh, Christine Armstrong said that she is really suffering at the moment because Christine Armstrong is cycling Christine um, mm. because she's a massive uh, arachnophobe, a serious proper one. Oh, yes. Uh, I.e. not one that's going to be cured by somebody coming around and waving a tarantula around in a box and then go, <laughs> oh, no, actually, I'm fine. Um She's genuinely, and she says it's absolutely horrible. It's really upsetting her. And then she went on the Twitter thing, uh, on the Archer's Twitter feed, and there's a sodding great picture of a spider, which <laughs> scared her off Twitter as well. So I'm so sorry, Christine, but hopefully this ridiculous bloody storyline will be over soon. Mm-hmm. So you can recover. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um, anything else you want to say before we have a touch of the socials? No. No, great, smashing. All right. Um, how was Zurich? How, how long were you in Zurich for? Oh, only for the weekend. I went to see some some old friends and took Tilly round all my old haunts and things. And yeah, it was Aww. great. Aww. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Uh, now it's time, uh, if you're in the UK, to hear an advertisement. Uh, so, in other words, it's a camp coffee break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day, everyone. Millie Bell here with the Social Media Roundup. Um, I'd like to start with the Flick app today and I thought I would concentrate on a particular thread that really caught my eye and it was started by Auntie Jean who wanted to see what sort of categories we should have for awards and she suggested a few which was Best Idiot Farmer which would obviously go to Tom and the farming scheme least likely to succeed and she said Bridge Fresh and other people started to uh, join in. Claire from Clapham said, oh, yes, best audience interaction would be a good category. Most enjoyable storyline, favourite villain, um, and best silent character, uh, best character nickname. And that's actually a really good one because we make the nickname, so we like that one. Lifetime Achievement <laughs> Award, which, of course, will go to June Spencer, who plays Peggy. Um, yes, lots of people like the idea of the best silent character. And uh, somebody wants Liberty to get one because she may have stolen the silent character award already for the year. And another suggestion I liked was best animal sidekick. So uh, that's just one of the many categories in the Flick app. So if you're not already a member of that, please do get on. And Auntie Jean seems to be uh, helping that to tick along just nicely. So thank you, Auntie Jean. And on our Facebook page, Jo Andrews, who we know, of course, is Jojo Sexy Heels. She has put up a post saying that she would be interested in a meetup in uh, Costa Blanca, Spain, if anyone's interested. So if you are, please get get onto our website, uh, get onto Facebook and uh, make contact with Jojo Sexy Heels. Um, what did we discuss this week? We discussed whether Tom's party room was going to be like the TARDIS. We couldn't think how they were fitting everyone, the food, the drinks and the flag in that teeny tiny apartment. Uh, Doreen Kingham suggested they could all end up through the floor and ceiling of the shop, landing on the baked beans. <laughs> now, that would be a storyline. Um, <laughs> Melissa Williams said that, in fairness, Nosha did mention the fire escape as backup, um, and she has a plot prediction, which is there is a fire escape incident. Uh, Leslie Greaves said the amount they're spending on this party, they could have afforded the posh house they looked at at first. And it's interesting that you should say that, Leslie, because Tom doesn't seem to realise how much she's spending and yet mention was made of that between them. So I think he's going to get a bit of a rude awakening when he sees that credit card bill. Yep. Uh, the other thing that we discussed, uh, of course, was um, the fact that <laughs> Lillian uh, had a... Um, a suggestion that she should be working at the bull. And uh, then, of course, when she was, she basically gave someone too much change. So we had a bit of a chuckle about that. So if you'd like to see that thread, please do jump on. And we talked about Tony and wondered whether he was fulfilling his own prophecy and contributing to a rift in the family. Mia Fox says this ridiculous storyline is getting on my tits. 
Peggy is getting on my tits. How come she has so much money? I thought she was bankrolling Auntie Cardboard at the Laurel and Hardy's. <laughs> and what happens if she needs to go into a home herself? They are not cheap. And I suspect the laurels will be anything up to £1,500 a week. There's too much on my tits at the moment. And Joanne Smith said Tony and Pat have been farming organically for 30 years because they believe in the principles of it, not because it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Peggy says she has a newfound love for the planet but doesn't acknowledge that the rest of her family will be coming up with an idea primarily because they're influenced by the money. While Tony spent his entire life living true to his principles about organic farming. Great point, Joanne. I really enjoyed your point of view on there. Uh, we also talked about... Um, oh, yeah, this drove me nuts. I thought this was so uncool. Going through someone's drawers when you're at their party. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was so not cool. And I also was surprised by Pip. I kind of would expect it of drunk Alice, but not of Pip. Rita Maynard King said, I loved it, glad they did. I bet we find out that she needs those fillers because she's 73 years old and a Russian <laughs> spy. Well, there's a pro- plot prediction. Joanna Powell said, absolutely dreadful behaviour and brilliant fun to listen to. I was only <laughs> sorry Alice didn't start on the bundle of credit card statements tucked away in the folder on top of the bookcase marked Juice Recipes. Uh, Joe Crouchman said she was totally expecting them to come across a positive pregnancy test that Tom doesn't know about yet. Mm. Um, and someone, and I can't remember, oh, it's, uh, Helena Bennett said they were being so judgy as well. And somebody, and I've forgotten who it was now, I think it was Kate Lyle who said it was out of order, but she bet we would do it. And a lot of us said, no, we wouldn't. And I, I just thought it was just such poor manners when someone's invited you into their home. But anyway, it was just a bit of a plot line so that we all know how much uh, she's spending on herself and we know that Tom's going to have to find out about it soon. So another busy, busy week um, and uh, we invite you to join in if you haven't already. Uh, Yoko Bear will be looking after the Facebook page next week uh, so I leave you in his capable hands. And until then, either jump onto Facebook, jump onto the Flick app or you could send an email to Lucy V. Freeman. Until I speak to you again, hooroo. Mm. Thank mm. you for that, our Millie Bell. Um, Lucy, uh, yes. do you have a headline from the Daily Mirror for us? I have two. I have Ooh. one from the Daily Mirror. Mm-hmm. Woman gets huge kebab tattoo on arm even though she doesn't really like them. <laughs> <laughs> I now have people sending me this shit. Can I just say, honestly, but the best one was Jonathan Harley, who very kindly sent me one from the Argus. I don't know... The Argos of where, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Headline, lying dentist from Southway surgery struck off after dog bites inspector's leg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he just sent me that. He didn't send me the article, so I've just spent the week imagining about how the hell that could have come about. But anyway, there we go. It's all part of the fun. It Do is. Do treats of the week now? Yes, please. Okay. Mel Parker. Mm-hmm. Pepe. Pepe. Is that Spanish for Trevor? <laughs> mm. um, Lady Danny uh, Marinic. Um, this is Natasha speaking. Our idea has legs, Tom. Legs which I will be using to walk away with the money. <laughs> Jane Branley. Uh, this is uh, about uh, Jennifer complaining about the fact that she's having to cook. Uh, mm. Not in her nice kitchen. Only one of them. Oh, they've none of them had it easy, you know. 
She's right. Uh, Jamie D. Jamspangle said, Tony, honestly, Tom, why can't you be more like your brother and get run over by a tractor? <laughs> and now 27 is Tweet of the Week. I've just... I've just realised I suffer from shit plot lines of phobia and I'm finding the archers a struggle at the moment. <laughs> well, I, I think um, all of our diligence will be paid off this week, all of our perseverance, shall I say, because by all accounts, uh, we're, we're in for a great end of the week when we, we have the big Jim Lloyd reveal. Folks, dumdydum.com. Go there, it's got stuff on it. You can listen to all of the back episodes. Well, all of them up to about episode number 30. For some strange reason, the RSS feed, which is the the gizmo, which gives you all, all of the back episodes on whatever app you're listening to the show or even on, on uh, dumdydum.com, doesn't go all the way back to episode one, which, as I seem to remember, Lucy, do you remember how long episode one was? I do. It was about three hours long. No, <laughs> no, you're so wrong. 19 minutes. Nineteen one nine. Well, I suppose no one rang in, did they? Because they didn't know we were there. Well, we had three calls, and we had so your friend Geeta uh, called yeah. in because we got people on Twitter to call in for, and, and they didn't really know what to do. We went, oh yeah, I've been told to do this. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the archers, it's a thing. Yeah, so we did have three calls. We did do uh, your monologue. And that was the time when I used to interrupt it all the time and I got told off by the listeners, so I don't do that again. Uh, but it was 19 minutes long. So, mm. Wow. Yeah. Even Good old with, days, Even eh? with Tweet to the Week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, our intros are 19 minutes long now. But anyway, so... Mm. All the people we have to thank are 19 minutes long. That is very true. So, dumdydum.com, folks. Um, if you want to chat with other archers fans uh you can download the flick app the dum-de-dum flick app which uh the the there is a link in the show notes and lots of fun and hilarity ensue there you can uh, talk about things like what you had for dinner last night uh and all manner of goodness so uh com for that show notes for the flick app uh lucy is there anything in red um, yes, I always lose that bit, don't I? I'm so yeah. sorry. Listeners. Normally you've closed Remember, down by now and checked out of the podcast and just leave me manfully <laughs> just to, to keep the ship <laughs> afloat whilst you was like, I've done my monologue, that's it, I'm spent. I'm doing my Waitrose order now. Anyway, remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Oh, all right, cool. And don't forget, folks, if you want to uh, listen to the Michael Lumsden interview, Michael, who plays R. Alistair, uh, go on to patreon.com, sign up. Uh, it's $2 per episode is what you commit yourself to. Then you get the behind the scenes. You get the interviews that we do with the great and the good uh, who are connected to the wonderful docu-soap that we love and enjoy and consume on a daily basis. So patreon.com, $2 per show, and uh, you, you get the good stuff. And right, so here we go. Social media, I'm, do, I'm just winging this, um, is where... This show was birthed, specifically Twitter. And even though 
I've literally given up with the platform. I know Lucy's still on there cracking jokes, you know, and a bit of her observational humour and stuff. But if you are on Twitter and you like a, you like a bit of that, um, you can follow Dumpty Dump, quite simply, at Dumpty Dump, which is really our, our yokel bear, which is rather funny. And if you are on Twitter, why don't you follow Lucy? And you can find her at... Lucy V. Freeman. And, of course, uh, if you can be first, I can be found at Royfield. Have we done the speak pipe thing? We have, because that was in red. Yeah. Okay, we'll move yeah. on. Facebook, folks, the thing that Lucy hates more than Brexit and Boris Johnson. No, actually... Instagram I hate more than really? Brexit and Boris Johnson. Yeah. Goodness. You know what? You've got good reason to. Mm. You know. Thank you. I don't need your permission, but thank you anyway. Well... <laughs> Mm. You don't need my permission for anything, Lucy. You have your own agency. You are an independent, grown-up, lady-type woman person, and you don't yes. need validation are, are or direction you, from a man, let alone are me. Are you now mansplaining my freedom to me? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think you might be. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I was doing it somewhat tongue-in-cheek by saying you were a lady yes. person, and so I yes. think, you know, I wasn't really mansplaining or whatever. And really no. what I'm doing is uh, chatting on a podcast. Right. So anyway, uh, so Instagram, body dysmorphia, you know, hmm, the two things go hand in hand. Anyway, Facebook is the other pernicious bit of social media, which is owned by Mark Zuckerberg. Um, some people quite like it. I'm going off it almost as rapidly as I'm going off Twitter. However, we do have a presence there. It's a dreadful way of selling the fact that we're actually on, on Facebook. <laughs> If you like Facebook and there's a lot of you that do, I th- there's over 1 billion people on Facebook, you know, so I think something like a quarter of the world's population is at, has a Facebook account. There's a, that's a lot of people in anybody's book, right? So if you're on Facebook and you enjoy it, you know, much more than I do. Forget me, forget forget Lucy. Uh, why don't you go join uh, Millie Bell and our yokel bear and with a spoon? Because those three, they adore that platform and many people do. Right, so good luck to you. Get on there, right? Hang out with each other and do stuff, right? And uh, talk about the archers and all manner of lovely stuff. Now, I'm going to quickly go back to what I said earlier on in the show specifically for Twitter users. I don't necessarily think this works on Facebook, but let's have a little secret dum-de-dum call sign on on Twitter. Put the Nepalese flag next to your name. Could you send me the Nepalese flag? Yes. Can you send me the icon? But like, okay, you thank need, you. But, but, no, but, honestly, you wouldn't believe how difficult it was to get rid of that damn keyboard, and I'm not putting it back on again. <sighs> Well, I don't understand how you're going to put it next to your name, but I will send it to you, Lucy. I will. Okay, thank you. All right, smashing. All right, folks, I think that's that's just about it. I'm about to um, to head out and and uh, join with a spoon at the Norwood Club uh, for a right gay old time on Friday, and it'd be nice to see some of you um, if you're in the New York area. And uh, oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing New York Nigel. I hope he comes. Love New York Nigel. Yay! Yeah, oh, yeah. give them all a massive snog from me. I will do. Um, They'd probably much rather have it from you than me. <laughs> 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 As it's the LGBT thing, <laughs> <maybe>. yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Anyway. They'd be calling um, security if it was me. I don't know. I don't know. I think they'll give you a pass. And be like, okay. And have a little bit of a tongue wrestle with our Lucy. Just this once. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's it. I think I think we're done, Lucy. I think we've given people a value for money uh, in terms of the podcast listening. Um, I can toddle off and uh, get on with the rest of my Californian day. And what are you going to do? Um, I am going to go and stack the dishwasher. Awesome. Because it's all glamour, Royf. All glamour. Mm-hmm. I thought you had a mm-hmm. like a, a maid for that or something. You do disappoint. Not at eight me. o'clock at night. I don't. <laughs> or is she retired to her uh, to her dwellings? Has she? Yeah, she's in the she's in the shed now. I've locked her in for the evening. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. That's me done, and uh, I'll I'll leave you with Lucy. She can sign off if she wants to. Ooh, I've never been left to sign off by myself. Um. Well, I'll just say goodbye then. Probably. Goodbye. That were a lovely end. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.